Welcome to the 20 Minutes of Filler Podcast. I am your host, Jason Kotarski, and I am here with a friend and another uh, guy who's been on this uh, podcast another just once, officially. Maybe a couple of those convention updates, but one official time that he was a guest. He's here. He's a podcaster himself, so he will communicate more clearly than I just did. Uh, His name is Jason Slingerland. Hey, hey. Awesome. How are you doing, man? Pretty good. How about yourself? I am doing well. The The fall has arrived here in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and we went from this this uh, crazy warm uh, stuff to this like bitter awesomeness that I love. So Yeah. <laughs> fall is my favorite. Fall is my absolute favorite season, so pretty excited about that. Yeah, me too. Like uh, Halloween is a big part of that for me breaking out like the uh the groovy ghoulies cds i don't know if you're familiar with them but they're like pop punk that sings about goofy ridiculous things and a lot of monster stuff my kids go nuts for it too so that's always a bonus and halloween nice. costumes like what what's what's your halloween situation look like this year uh so my kids their costumes are um uh my son is going as darth vader uh which he's yeah. very very excited about uh as he says i'm darth vader the lord of the sith so um, <laughs> this is how he introduces himself to people. And then my daughter, uh, who's two and a half, is going as Donatello. So the Ninja Turtle, not the painter. So oh, okay, um, good, good. Yeah. So she's really excited. She wanted to be Donatello really bad because she wanted a bow staff. So true story. So perfect. You just like you find a weapon that your kid likes and then you dress them up to go with the weapon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so well, she also she really likes the Ninja Turtles too, but she uh and Donatello is your favorite. But awesome. That's yes. something I haven't really revisited too much since I was a kid, like the Ninja Turtles thing. Like, I got um, the original, like, I got one of those big deluxe hardcovers of, like, the original comics. Um, but, like, I haven't really kept up with, like, the new movies or the new cartoons or anything. But, like, all of, like, my daughter's friends are, like, always going nuts for Ninja Turtles. Um, but we we haven't really ventured there together yet, so. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool, as as it always has been, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's such a funny, unique story. Like, how can it? Like, the ridiculousness of that concept right. is what draws you in, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so our Halloween deal is uh, is pretty awesome too. Uh, where we do family costumes. Like one year we went. Like when we just had uh, Claire, we did the X Files where. Lisa and I were like Scully and, and Mulder, and right. uh, we dressed Claire as a little alien, like in a little like UFO. Uh, nice. Yeah, it was awesome, like in her little spaceship. And then we went as like characters from Yo Gabba Gabba. And then last year, or not last year, the year that Cora was born, we were Goldilocks and the Three Bears. So Claire was Goldilocks, and then little Cora was a baby bear, and we were bears. It was we were adorable. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> so this year we're gonna go as uh, characters from Doc McStuffins. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So I guess I'm going to be like Stuffy the Big Blue Dragon somehow. Like, yeah. We we make all of our costumes too out of like foam and like hooded sweatshirts. We like, you know, tape things on. And nice. We do a pretty sweet job with our craftiness come October. So I'm pretty excited about that whole thing. That's cool. <laughs> my, uh, back in the day, my wife and I used to dress up a lot uh, for the for Halloween. But since we've had kids, we've gotten a little lazy about it. So this year, I just, uh, are you familiar with Game of Thrones? Oh, yeah, yeah, dude. So I found a t-shirt that says, a man has no costume, and she found one that says, a girl has no costume. <laughs> so nice. so that, that was what we went with, simple. So. Yes, simple. Dude, costumes take a huge amount of energy. 
Yeah. And especially on top of us being weirdo creatives that like dive into things we love hardcore. So let's let's right. transition to that. Like you, sir, are um, a father and a husband and a dude who goes to a day job and you're also a game designer and a podcaster so um how do you how do you work all that into your life like having the full-time gig at work and like the family and doing this like creative thing that takes up a lot of time yeah i mean you know it's just a lot of managing doing things at night not sleeping much is really kind of my my (laughs) secret sauce is i just don't sleep um no, I mean, but truthfully, that's I mean, that's somewhat true. I <laughs> yeah. uh, I get a lot of work done from about nine o'clock to midnight most days, um, because uh, um, that's just when you know everybody else is in bed. Or my wife and I usually watch a show of something on Netflix after the kids go to bed. Like, and then uh, yeah, and then I'll come down and try and get some work done. And then we record our podcast uh, every other week. We oh, do two okay. episodes to try and make it easier because our show is, you know, an hour. Or so right. So we take about three hours to record two episodes, and then, yeah. So that works out pretty well. Sweet, yeah. Just kind of cramming it in in all of the available space, but like, um, it's it's tough, man. But this 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 work these these nighttime hours for you have started to pay off. Like, so let's talk a little bit about first. Just like to remind people about your podcast and like what the heart of the the show is and then we'll talk about uh where that is kind of leading now sure sure um i do um the co-host of the building the game podcast uh, which is a podcast dedicated to uh uh being a documentary podcast about myself and rob couch's journey uh to becoming game designers published game designers and we started off not knowing anything and we weren't sure what to do so we thought hey we're just gonna we're just gonna figure it out as we go and uh so we did um, and we're doing all right. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> I self-published a game called Water Balloon Washout a couple years back on Kickstarter, and that was that was a cool experience. Um, and then Rob had a game uh, come out called Saloon Tycoon, which maybe your listeners have heard of. It's not a filler game, but it is a, a big fun <laughs> game. Um, and it it did okay on Kickstarter. It was passable. So <laughs> yeah, when he's it, like we're talking like uh, a past a hundred grand yeah, kind of like Kickstarter, <laughs> right about a hundred and four thousand, I think. So that was pretty yeah. impressive. And then I actually have a game that's being published by Mark Spector of the Grand Gamers Guild um, called Unreal Estate. Uh, and that game is coming out uh, on Kickstarter now. So it's on Kickstarter now, so coming out early next year. Um, and it's doing pretty darn well uh, for a small $18 card game. It's pretty awesome. So Yeah, yeah, dude, congratulations. Yeah. So, it's, yeah. It's cool to watch this game, like, come to fruition. Like, talk a little bit about, like... Uh, how this game like has 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 come to be like initially it was an idea that you came up for a contest right and it kind of has morphed a bit and well, went through some changes yeah actually initially it was an idea where i um i had a title in mind i do this a lot um so the title was the river mighty um and i wanted to make a game about a river and uh and i wasn't sure what to do with that um i'm still going to use that name someday because i really still like that name but they, i just <laughs> So the, I was like, I want cards that flow down a river and go to like a pool, like a lake or a pool. And so I was like, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be cards flowing down the river and you can draft them and then you can try and match the cards that are in the pool. So I kind of messed around with that. And the theme just never really hit for me. Um, and I showed it to you at that point and you said, hey, this theme is kind of kind of stinky. And you were right. It just wasn't really exciting. Um, yeah, it felt like a, like we were trying to like hammer a game into that theme, and it just right. didn't make a whole lot of thematic sense to go that route, I think. 
Right, and so what ended up happening was a contest came out. Um, Greater Than Games did a contest uh, where you were making game mechanic the game. Uh, so uh, I came up with, I was like, well, what do I have? I'm like, well, this is a drafting game. And I was like, drafting the drafting game. So how do I make that work? Oh, it could just be about building uh, a city from proposals. Um, and it didn't do anything well in the contest, but but that really changed it for me because that was when all of a sudden the theme really fit um, for the first time, and I thought, oh gosh, this is a really cool game with a theme that actually really works. Um, so I, I've turned it into a modern-day city builder uh, where you were trying to build the most unique uh, uh, the most unique buildings in your town. And, uh, and then Mark Spector saw it and said, hey, let's make it a fantasy game. Um, and I wasn't sure about that at first, and then we talked and we figured out um, Corinne Roberts, a friend of ours, a uh, mutual friend, uh, who's a really phenomenal artist, we we settled on using her art, and I hate to say settled on because we decided because certainly yeah, there's right. no settling with Corinne. <laughs> uh, she's she is amazing, unparalleled as we like to say. Um, uh, but once she took over with the arts, the game took on this look and feel that just just blew my mind. It has blown people's mind on Kickstarter too. You know, it's just been something no one expected. Um, so. Yeah. yeah, what's cool about her especially is she, like she's a practical artist. Like she doesn't do the digital thing. She paints with like pen and watercolor, right? Like Exactly. And, yep. and and so you get you get a different feel than, you know, like it, it feels really um warm and like um it it brings you to that like childhood kind of coloring book feel. But she does it so good that like you want to visit these these bit these cities that she's created and kinda really help bring her game to life in a special way. Like I I first after playing it, like I, I saw there was something special in this game from the beginning. Like I, I it felt like a classic card game filler like which is like that's how you like that's my love language, you know, like right, right, right. um so like I was like thinking like this is kind of that like six nymph vibe or something like that like something that Perfect. feels like it's got it's got good choices but it's easy to get into and it's quick enough that you can just play it again and again and it's going to work with gamers and it's going to work with families and and I had actually we had talked a little bit about doing it with Green Couch but like I couldn't figure out a way to like how I was going to market a small game like that and um and well and yeah and the and the problem was the theme just didn't do it right um, yeah. That we needed the kind of the correlation of that theme and the artwork because you had even said getting getting attraction to a game like this on Kickstarter is hard. It is. Um, and Mark and I knew that too, and that's why once we picked the theme, it was okay. Let's what would make this stand out? And I mean, everybody who who's you know knows that one of the biggest things that helps sell your game on Kickstarter is artwork, right? When you have artwork that catches people's eye, then people pay attention and then they read about your game. And if your game can back up that artwork, hey, then guess what? <laughs> they might back your game. For so sure, I think sure. that helps a lot. And um, and the game is like you said, it's really accessible. I can teach it in about sixty seconds. Um, well, why don't you Why don't you do that right now? Like give us okay. the, give us the sixty second like rundown of how you play this game and like what the heart of it is. Sure. Uh, the idea is that you are trying to build the most unique buildings possible in your uh, fantasy city. So to do that, um, there are buildings uh, that you have, and there's a um, there's a a set of different buildings. Uh, there's seven different buildings, I think, in the game, if I remember right off the top of my head. And um, the idea is that every turn, five of those buildings uh, at random are going to be placed on what's called the scrap. I'm sorry, what's going to be placed on what's called the proposal board. The proposal board is in the center of the game, the center of the play area. Um, and those are cards that you can choose to, um, to draft into your hand. Uh, 
uh, what happens is after we go around one time and everybody's either drafted a card or played a card, and I'll explain playing a card in a second, then all of those cards flow to what's called the scrap pile. The scrap pile are all the designs nobody picked, right? So in the scrap pile off to the side, we stack up cards in matching sets. So there's the halfling house, for instance. Once you get two or three of those there, there'll be a nice stack of two or three of them, and um, and each card has a point value. So when you're looking at the card in your hand and you want to play it, uh, you play that card down um, and then score the point value on the card multiplied by the number of those cards in the scrap pile. Now that So that kind of tells you you can only ever play a card if it's also in the scrap pile because you're only trying to make unique designs. So if it's not in the scrap pile, it's not unique, right? Um, and the other thing is if you have multiples of the same card in your hand, uh, so if I have two cards in my hand worth five points, instead it's worth ten points, again, multiplied by the number of that same card in the scrap pile. And once you play a card into the scrap pile that matches the scrap pile, you get rid of your cards and also get rid of the cards that match that in the scrap pile. So there's a press-your-luck aspect to it. Of if you and I are both drafting the same type of cards, and I can tell that if I jump the gun and play before you can play, then I've stuck you with all those points um, and at the end of the game, you're not scoring for those points. They're just dead points in your hand. Um, and like I said, there's different varieties of each card. The the Halfling House is the most popular card. It's very small. It's only worth one point. Uh, but the um, Enchanted Castle, there's only four of, and it's worth eight points. So, um, so you're kind of paying attention to those cards is the key of the game. And then there's also what we call blue cards, because the, the titles on them are blue, but they're specialty cards, right? <laughs> and those special cards screw with the gameplay and allow you to break the rules in different ways. Um, and those those are what give the game so much replay value. Um, and there's in the base game, there are six of them, but on Kickstarter right now, we've been doing so well that we've actually already added, in addition to those six, um, another... I'm looking right now. <laughs> Another <laughs> eight of those. So oh, wow. four separate cards, two of each. Um, and then we're we're coming real close to we're we're within four thousand of unlocking six more and we'll get through all that. So for sure. Um yeah, awesome. the game comes with some cool stuff. It's got uh right now it's got a wooden meeple uh that is silk screened that looks like this airship that's in the game. It's very cool. Uh if we make it to twenty two thousand, which right now we're about sixteen thousand five ish, um we will, uh, when that happens, we'll get a full-color meeple, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, and then there's an expansion coming out at 26,000, uh, a nine-card expansion called Gothic Estates. Um, this, uh, it's, we, we refer to that as the part of town nobody wants to go to. It's got <laughs> vamp, the vampire script and the mad scientist laboratory and stuff like that. It's very, um, very Frankenstein-y uh, feeling and such. Awesome. Uh, so we're, we're really excited about that. Uh, if you if you play D&D, &D, we call that the Ravenloft section of the place. <laughs> um, and then there's a super secret stretch goal that's going to come out after that. And uh, that stretch goal is going to make people really, really excited. Uh, once we break 18,000, we're going to announce that. And people are going to be super jazzed about it. Awesome. Um, well, yeah, so, dude, this, this funded pretty fast for you on Kickstarter. Yeah, it got a 20, lot of support out the gate. Funded in about 23 hours, so... And, it was pretty exciting. So. Congratulations, dude! Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've, uh, you've, so you've kind of like, so your 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 podcast documentary, you know, knowing nothing about game design, saying, "Hey, I want to make a game. I want to learn how to do that," and then kind of just progressing through this journey. You've like, you you, you mentioned that you self published a game on Kickstarter, and now you're yeah. working with Mark Spector as a as a uh, um, a publisher who's 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 doing the project. Uh, 
and putting out the game on his company, uh, Grand Gaming Guild, Grand Gamers Guild. Yep. What what um kind of what are some of the things you learned like from those two different avenues? Like, um, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, you know it's uh, it's funny, like because I thought. I thought going into the Kickstarter, when I did it on my own, I was so nervous, right? And I thought, I'll be so much less nervous when it's not, like, my problem than it's, like, I'm just, like, the designer. But I wasn't. I was terrified beforehand. Um, the difference was uh, Water Balloon Washout went really slow. It funded, but it took a long time to fund. Whereas this funded so quick that after that, I was like, all right, let's unlock some stretch goals. This is exciting. Um, but, you know, the big thing that's um, that's been the best about working on this compared to working on Water Balloon Washout is – Two things. One, I have a lot more knowledge and experience than I did when I did Water Balloon Washout. I really, there were a lot of mistakes I made with the campaign, a lot of things I didn't know. Um, and I feel like I've been able to help with some of those by, you know, pointing out things that I did wrong. Um, and I also pay a lot of attention to Kickstarter in general, so I just am a fiend for that. Right. But Mark is a really smart business guy who makes, who has really good ideas. Um, and then Corinne, obviously, has been very responsive with art. And then uh, Heather, uh, she does our does the digital marketing portion of it. So she's had some really different ideas, which has been cool uh, because she's not, you know, just in games. So she's had some really cool ideas that we wouldn't have thought of. And then Chris, who does all of our graphic design, it's just done a fantabulous job like he always does. So, um, yeah, it's been it's been a really good it's been a really good uh really good thing with the collaboration. I love that. And Mark wants his designers to be very collaborative with him. You know, some publishers just take it and go do it, but he wants me to be there. He wants me to have opinions and thoughts and, and I love that. Right. That's just been, um, yeah. Yeah. That's great. Like the different people and different perspectives can add so much more to a project than what, you know, we can do on our own sometimes. So exactly. Um, exactly. That's cool, man. That's really cool. I'm, I'm glad that you've had those two experiences to kind of compare and contrast a little bit and, Kind of, you, you see yourself more uh, leaning towards wanting to work with publishers than you do self-publishing, I imagine. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I said, you know, if I if I had said if I didn't get a game published this year by someone that I would consider trying it on my own just for the heck of it. Um, and uh, you know, once again, with with the new things I've learned, and uh, this has shown me that I'm really glad I didn't have to do that because, like I said, it's kind of stressful. Um, just you know, you like. Every campaign, you get comments that make you second-guess things you're doing, right? And I'm sure you've experienced that a thousand times, right? Like, oh, let's do this. They'll love this. Oh, they don't love this. Oh, let's try this. <laughs> they won't. Oh, they love that. Oh, okay. You know, so right. like it's, it's, it's just a very interesting thing, Kickstarter. Um, and you can know so much about it and then still be wrong so many times. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the it's it never lacks in surprising you right i guess that's the nicest way to put it about kickstarter you're you're always surprised at what happens with kickstarter yeah and then and then when you have a team around your game you've got a little built-in support group for those uh things that don't go right so you're not all alone wondering what's going on with all these people on the internet you know (laughs) um so hey Everybody, check out Unreal Estate on Kickstarter. It's a fantastic little game. Like, and I'm and I I played it, and I want to play it more, and I want you to play it, and it looks fantastic. And Jason's a good guy, and Mark's a good guy. The team is great, so support good people who are doing good work. When does the Kickstarter end, Jason? Uh, the Kickstarter ends on Friday, October twenty first at eleven fifty five p.m. Awesome, awesome. So right now, from today we're recording, we have eleven days left. And uh, you should jump on because we're we're unlocking some really good content. So 
Very cool. What? Um, so we like to get a recommendation of a game that that you know is under an hour, that is uh, easy to learn, and that you love to play. So, like, what's something that you've you've been playing that you really dig? Uh, lately, my wife and I have been playing Patchwork together a lot. Oh yeah, uh, which we really love. Um, and uh, two two games I'll plug: Patchwork and Splendor are two games we've been playing a ton. Um, neither one, both of those take a little longer than like fifteen to twenty minutes, but um. They uh, they are a lot of fun, and uh, to us they're filler because we can we play them very fast. Yeah, um, yeah, those so, are great games. Like once you play them once, like it, they fly once you know them. Right, and that's what it's been like for us. You know, at first we were like, oh gosh, this takes a little while, but now now we just burn through it. So, so what do, what do you love about uh, Patchwork? Like what what really connected you with that game? Um, that I mean, it's basically Tetris, right? I mean, that's really you're basically playing Tetris. Uh, with a yep. purchasing mechanic and it's quilts instead of pieces. But, you know, I mean, my wife and I both grew up playing a lot of Tetris, so that automatically spoke to us. Um, and I'm not going to lie, I kind of think quilts are cool. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They, they tell stories. That's that's a cool thing, man. And then um, the thing about Patchwork for me is is the um, the the Rondell kind of thing where whoever's in back, that's whose turn it is. So, like, you can yeah. spend more time, you know, to get bigger cooler pieces but like or you can go just like to the next piece and have several turns in a row like i, yep. lo- I love that i love that and, uh, and we've, we've talked about splendor before actually we talked about it really early on in the podcast and if you i mean i wasn't going to plug green college games at all but like if you take patchwork apparently and mash it up with splendor and some ice cream <laughs> you end up with rocky yep. road all mode so yep. it's um, true Good, good games to get you wet in the whistle for when um, Rocky Road comes out early next year, people. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie, that's two things that really did excite me about Rocky Road is those are two games I really like, and they, um, uh, you know, engine building or ice cream building as it is in Rocky Road, and then that, and then the kind of that time track moving uh, with the Rondell. Those are two really cool things that uh, help to balance a game, I think. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so. Yeah, that's 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 cool. Um, one of the ones I, I played, we actually, we actually got to play this together at uh, at GrandCon, and uh, I am very smitten with this game right now, and it is Potion Explosion. Oh yes, love oh, that! Dude. Can't wait to get a copy of that. Yeah, if, I mean Potion Explosion, right? Like if you like those those games, um, I don't play these games because I don't play iPad games very often. Like the ones I play are like. I don't even know what they're called, but the ones where you like see how far you can run before you die, like Jetpack Joyride or like Lumber, Endless Runners. L- yeah, Endless Runners, like Lumberman, Lumberjack, yep. or whatever. Like those are my those are my kind of games. Um, like ones that I can play for like ten minutes and then turn it off and never play it again. Um, but like the match four type of games, right? So like there's this really cool cardboard contraption with marbles, and if you you choose a marble to pull it out, and then if two of the same colored marbles crash together on this little ramp of marbles, then you get to take those two and it causes chain reactions and you're using these marbles to be your ingredients on these different potions, right? That that fill that that, that you're filling for victory points, but also have one time use special abilities. Like so you get a little engine building, you get a little yep. bit of match four, you get a little bit of uh just kinda like set collection going and uh and paying attention to like what you're leaving out there available for other players, like super cool game like i think i think it was a little longer than an hour when we played it with like four people that were all new players but right um such but it was a good worthwhile. game yeah. and 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 it's a gimmick right like it's these marbles that roll down ramps you know but like the gimmick 
doesn't get in the way at all. It like adds right. something really special. It's got this cool toy factor, you know, like oh man, awesome game. Awesome game. I'm I'm loving it and I want to play it more and more. So I'm not I'm gonna just full disclosure, I just bought it while you were talking. So. <laughs> well awesome. Awesome. Well I'm looking out forward to coming to Kalamazoo this weekend to visit you and play some board games and maybe bring Potion Explosion along. Yeah. So. You may not have to, I may have it. <laughs> yeah, maybe it'll get there before. Right. We have a few days. Well, Jason, it was always good to chat with you, and thanks for sharing what's going on with your uh, with your uh, your awesome little game that that is making its way out into the world that people are really connecting with. If you haven't checked out Unreal Estate yet, please do. Um, you also heard some other cool recommendations for Patchwork and Splendor, you know, kind of becoming uh, new classics because they're on the tip of everybody's tongues. And another one to add to the list: this Potion Explosion, totally awesome games. Yep. Uh, Jason, how can people find more about you and what you're up to? Yeah, the easiest places to find out about me are buildingthegamepodcast.com, or you can follow me on Twitter at at J.A. Slingerland. That's at J-A-S-L-I-N-G-E-R-L-A-N-D. And I'm pretty active on there. If you message me, I will get right back to you. Um, yeah. Awesome, dude. Well, I'm Jason Kotarski. Uh and that's at Jason Kotarski on Twitter or at Green Couch Games. Uh, you can subscribe to uh, our podcast in iTunes, and it would be awesome if you did that. And if you rated us as fun, and uh, it will just encourage us to make more shows more often, maybe. I won't make any promises <laughs> at this point. I just do what I do, and I thank you guys for listening. And until next time, get out there and play some great little games.